I feel when I'm talking with you, I don't always come from, from the truest place. And uh, after it feels like I didn't say or I didn't express what uh, was the... No, but I don't have expectations of you. You don't have to come from a truest place if it's not what's in your heart at the moment. No, I mean, in the sense that I don't express what I really want to express, more like this. Than okay, what you really want to express. <laughs> <laughs> there's this... Um, there's so many reactions that are happening inside and outside, and in satsang it feels like uh, there's an understanding that is deepening and listening to you it's, it's something it's really feeling inside what you're and then it's so painful when actually it's not expressed like that in in everyday life it feels like there's a lot of reactions and a lot of identity And like this, this uh, understanding is not uh, is not going deep somehow, deep enough to 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 remain there always. Not only when I hear you. What What is most important that you? Um, I, I put this out for everybody now. I mean, what's most important that you know that you grasp? the pointing, and you become what the pointing is pointing to, or that you are able to express that in the world? First one, of course. Hmm? The first one, of yeah. course. Yeah. You know, like you really understand. Suppose you understand. Suppose you was, you was kind of mute, and you can't talk, but you've understood my message. You can't express it in the world. People say they look at you and say, "Look, this guy is radiant with peace." You know, how do you get the peace? Uh, does it mean that uh, what do you mean? You didn't get it you, because you can't speak or we can't express it. I'm saying there's a lot of ego reactions that are manifesting through me in many moments, yeah. and I feel like in that there's this understanding is not. Um, Alive in me in that but, moment. But the, uh, but the ego re reactions, I'm just wondering if the ego re reactions that happen in us, it, is it us behaving, or is it that you know all the things that we have somehow absorbed consciously or unconsciously, you know, as a result of your satsang also? They're just kind of blowing up. They can't. They, they, they. Maybe at one time we could control them, yes. or we could suppress them, or whatever. But now it, 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 they become much more transparent, and, and they're coming up, and they're not a ple They're not a pleasant bunch. Not at all. No. And you are aware in this, then, in such a case, you are aware in this. The controller of them. The boss of them. Are you them? Are they you? Are you because now it seems you are the disappointed one? The, the role yes, is disappointed. I, in I think a part of the ego is is a kind of watching and judging 
what's going on and expecting like pretending to observe I mean observing but observing and judging not not observing and that's I think the ego that started to form more since I started this spiritual path let's say observing but because ego can observe also but it has become the one that observes but also judges what observes and why does that matter to you so much it's just a habit because if you recognize it's actually ego is behaving like that and before we didn't even know what ego is you just think it's you and everybody just says it's you and if the ego commits a crime you feel you go to jail it was the same thing, you know. You take responsibility, you know. It's like you know, and it's not that you can blame something else because there cannot be something else operating, you know, against your will totally. There must have been some relationship that gradually, gradually, these energies begin to take on almost like a life of their own, and at a certain point, you find that you're not able to control them. We have to be careful here now because we seem like we're talking about several entities at a certain point. Like one is, you know, the 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 mind, which has which was at first just sort of like, well, at first we can say as far back as we can go, we we didn't know the difference between our mind and and us. We never even used that language, you know. We just said that that's just how it is, and this is how I feel, and you know, I can't change how I am, and this type of thing. But with discovering that there is uh, that thoughts are not what you are, that you you can observe them. And they come and go, you know. And you watch their coming and going. So, with that gradually becoming more clear for you, you realize that you are not actually the thoughts, but you witness them. However, they seem to occupy an intimate ground, which you feel is your space. And uh, then you see you have some collaboration. Who are you in the meantime? This is why self-inquiry is so important, because it keeps on tapping into checking that who are you at the moment, you know. Are you the thoughts, or are you the witness of the thoughts? Are you the person, or are you the witness of the person? You know, which are you? Because sometimes you're speaking three different languages: the language of your your ego mind, the language of your you know of you, yourself as a presence, and 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 the language of uh, say somehow a deeper seeing. You know, but rarely, but mostly it's either the ego is speaking. And 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 uh, you know, saying you know, oh, you know, you, you, that when your ego speaks, does it recover? Does it regard you as you, or does it say I? You say when the ego is talking to you, does it say it listen? Says you. You. Ah, this is interesting, isn't it? <laughs> so there's so it is actually admitting its duality, no? Say what what are you gonna do about it? Or does it say what are we gonna do about it? Or does it say, what am I going to do about this? You follow. You know, at what at one time you would not have said that. You know, he he would not have referred to you. He's now referring to you because you have separated from him a little bit, but you're not quite home. So he knows he still has some business to do with you. So something in you, the you that have separated, is still vulnerable to the voice of your ego.
you know. Yes. It's like this golem character, you know, that uh, is one minute feeling, yeah, you know, oh, this is so wonderful. Oh, no, it isn't. You shouldn't have done that. Oh, yes, but I, it's like talking to yourself. People say talking to yourself. Mm. It, it doesn't seem clear until you keep thinking about it and look and look and look, and you start to feel that there's some space opening up, that clearly you can see that there's a voice behaving here, and there's something that it seems to be talking to, and the thing that it's talking to is kind of waking up to the reality that it and the one talking to it is not the same. So at that stage, you start to have more trouble, because like your mind is saying, I, I, I ain't going. And something you say, no, no, you, you, I don't want to be with you anymore. They say, I'm not leaving. It's like a bad relationship, and you share the house. <laughs> the house is in your name, but you kind of, you kind of, you, you, you have a, a co-tenant basically. And you say, I ain't leaving. So what to do then in that case? If say, for instance, you know, you still have an intimate sense of yourself. Who is troubled by the mind? Okay, we are not so far uh, removed from that identity and its play that you can ignore it entirely. He still has the command of your attention, and to that extent, it feels like it has some strong influence or even an energetic hold on you, isn't it? So that's why you're suffering. You're suffering your mind. That the mind is saying, like this thing, and you, you, you. You know, maybe before it might have felt like it was better because we didn't used to fight. I didn't even know that I could resist, but now you know you can resist a certain kind of thoughts, and now the thing you are trying to resist is saying, "Yeah, well, I mean, you know, well, you know, you're in big trouble because you can't go anywhere without me, and it's going to be singing in your head or something for a bit." So where is left to go? I am saying actually to you that this is part of your uh, you being released it's like you know you're in a you're in a mega prison and you keep you keep finding doors open and you go you you leave that con- confined space but you're still inside a bigger space but you're still confined and then as you go and you find out more a door or you find whoa you think you're out but you're in a bigger space but you're still confined and just keep on going, and then one day you find that you're out, and there's no more gates. So something is there, the, like the, the like this voice that keep like you know, some thoughts coming, and it's not like it's anybody else's thoughts. Yeah, people come and tell you about their thoughts all the time. Don't trouble you, <laughs> but because your thoughts are copyrighted for you. You own them. You think well, it's my mind, and it's just my thoughts, and this is. Part of what strengthens the relationship because you feel that they belong to you. Still, you know, you 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 created that relationship, and it's you who have to break it. But I'm putting it that this you person, although it's still as quite a, he still has a charge on something there. You have to ultimately transcend this you person, even though it, even the one now who is suffering, you are not. You see, these are the different prisons you are escaping out of, you know, but you are still inside the prison of what, the concept of yourself, as the one that you know is going. Even the one who is going to wake up to um, freedom, is still a, a, a limitation. You see, because if I say actually you have always been the free one, 
We had a beautiful talk in, in, in Lisbon. We had a beautiful talk. You know what the talk is? Actually, it was with her. She's coming now. We, I had a beautiful talk. Look at that. You see, look at you saw how amazing. Look how amazing God God is and God's gracious. No? I had a talk with her that has been actually very unique because I've not spoken like that before. What we said, what I said to her actually, is that because she had a fear that you know, like I'm 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 thinning away, and now there's a fear that I'm going to disappear. And there's a fear. It's like death, you know. It's like what's going to happen to me if I totally go. And I say, actually, that that is also one one play from your mind as well. You still have you by that string. You're popping all the strings. You're Gulliver. You're popping away all the strings, but still, that string has got you on this one. Like you know, like what will happen if I if I become finally free? Like you know, but but I disappear. I am something is very afraid of this. And what I remember saying to you is I said this thing that you feel that you know the way you feel and the the person you know if that vanishes what is there because you have no you don't know for sure what is there and you may not like it you know the the one you feel yourself to be and I said to her actually the one you feel yourself to be deeply is the self the self is what you are. That's what you're experiencing all the time. But it's the self plus the ideas that you have been conditioned to believe is you. But but the larger part of your self experiencing is that you are the self. The larger part of you, the the biggest part of your 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 awareness self is what you're experiencing every day. If that was not there, there would be nothing here at all, actually. So this is why when you wake up, you don't feel like you have become something else. You just become the most you, you, you you've ever been. You know what you become? You become the you you have always been, without the rubbish you have about yourself. <laughs> the thoughts that we think, you know, oh yeah, but you know, like this, yeah, but you know, no, why these people keep troubling me and, and this me? And these people and this fear and this anxiety, you know, the thoughts we have, our conditioning, has been added on on top, almost on top of the self. But the self is you cannot exist even in ignorance without the self. The larger part of you is just the self. It's not the ignorance. When I say that your fingernail can hide the sun, I mean that the thoughts you're holding on to prevents you from realizing that you're you're already the self. You believe that those thoughts stop you from being the self, yes, but you already are the self. It's just that you're not aware of it, and it's true that the thought, the thoughts, in a way, they seem to stop you. It's not that they stop you; it's that while you're engaged with them, you can't really see where you really are. You are responding from a false sense of self. So the large, the, the largest part of your experience is you. You are, you are the self. This is why when I ask you leave this and leave your thoughts and leave uh, this thing and your projections and even your greatest idea about the self and even your desire for 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 uh, enlightenment, you can leave it. And some people actually do; they leave it. And what do they find? That they're they're still here, and they feel that they're even more here. This is the proof of what I'm telling you. 
that when you leave all these ideas that you've been holding on to that you think make you you, you find that even when you leave them for a while, I said, there's something here that cannot be left, cannot be taken out. What is that? That's you. That's what you are, but it's not the person. The person is the add-on. The person is the is the app. The person is the you know all this kind of all this kind of software program that you you have been using, and we just think that out of habit and you know repetition, you, that's what that's the machinery that you've been using. But the largest part of that is the is is your is the self. It doesn't speak. And when you're tired, you go and rest in yourself, because you just want to. You want to stop thinking. When you stop thinking, you feel at peace, because you're yourself. <laughs> you know, it's not that when you wake up, I'm going to just vanish. You are going to be grateful for that vanishing. And that's what I was saying in in there, in Lisbon, that when I when I after this talk with Papaji. And then I went into the town, and then this kind of—it's like something vanished. And I've been using this expression that something vanished. I vanished, and then people—I don't know how they hear that, you know, because it is true. But then this last few days, I've been talking. I think it was with Yuri or who was it? I was talking with when they were asking about this, and what I actually said. For the first time, I says, I couldn't remember myself. I couldn't remember who I am. And that's more probably what true. What's true? I couldn't find the context of the way that I've been remember of the way of the person I I thought I was. I couldn't remember that person. It was not there. By Master's grace, it was not there. But of course, when I say, but I couldn't, I vanished. Who witnessed the vanishing? It's from the self. Now, now I'm speaking from the self, without my usual attached projections of myself. I couldn't find that, and that's when actually I could see, like Papaji became the expansive, became hmm? because before not because I was too full. I was already preoccupied. I was already. Full to the brim of my own projections and ideas about myself, it was still uh, there was no space. When I was free of them, which is effectively what the invitation helped you to do, is to be free of it and look. When you are free of those things, that you can answer the highest existential questions you are answering. You know that this cannot not exist. You know it is without form. You know it was uncreated. You know it cannot die. You know it cannot fade. You know that cannot be sick. You know, and for the first time in your life, you can confess this. Things that you think only the angels know. There are things that they say not even the angels know. And how did you know? Where did you go to study? You simply removed the the illusion and delusion about you, and what remains is what really is. And everyone, when they recognize this and they experience this, they don't want the other thing back. Why? Because nothing, no matter what you achieve in this world, with this person life, 
none of that can compare with this. No matter what you have achieved. In my life I tried many things, and I was reasonably good with many of them, enjoyed many of them, was even known through quite a few of them. But when I woke up to the truth of what I am, I could never go back to any of those things. None of them compared to what this is. And in some, sub, some subconscious way, I have been searching for this, but I was not aware it is this. What are you searching for? You are searching, you're searching to get rid of the seeming presence of what you are not. What you are searching for is to get away from living and believing in the thing you are not. Because the moment you discover it, you come to contentment and peace. You recognise, Thank you, I am here. You recognise, Thank you. And gratitude comes. And every soul knows this gratitude. Because when you realise it, you realise how long you have been living in the idea of being apart from Him. The direct experience of it is very much different from the remembers, the remembering of it, because from the remembering of it only, it's it it's still a little bit distant. Yes. But when you yes, why why is it distance? Because there's the one who remembers it. You are rem- you become a rememberer of the self, not the self, and there's a gap. What you remember, that you are. You don't remember how you used to be, when you remember that's what you are. This remembering and being is one thing. Can I ask something? I saw, as I was saying, in satsang, and now listening to you, there's something understanding really deeply what you're saying, and I watch what's happening because outside of satsang, the the old mind is coming back, and I s- I'm looking why, like what's, and I think I, what I saw is there's something connecting with doing. The moment I start doing something, there's a an you know, identity. You know what the mistake is. I want to teach you guys about something. Why all this happened? Because you have a concept that you are outside of satsang. You understand? Your mind is saying, yeah, well, satsang is finished now, and you are believing that. But satsang means your life. For you, satsang is your life. doesn't matter what you are doing. Satsang is your life. Satsang means to be aware of yourself, aware of what is true. That's what satsang means. Satsang is not the man there sitting there from seven o'clock until nine o'clock. That's not what satsang. That's the formality. That's the form that satsang take in its concentrated form, when we are actually looking and you're not allowed to be involved in anything else right now. But satsang continue. That is your in satsang instructions and 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 looking like this. But when you come out, you somehow something keeps cooking. 
the fire is never turned off. Something is slowly cooking. When I say the fire, I don't mean the burning in your chest. I'm talking about the fire of introspection, the fire that makes you like when you love someone, even if you don't see them, that fire is still in you. It's like the fire of aliveness. That is still in you. You see? So something is inside. When you finish satsang, you know, if your your mind wants to say, Okay, you finish satsang, it's time to get back to you know, work or get back to reality or get back to your feelings and all this kind of stuff. Get back to my person almost. You have to watch that. And because then the it's almost like the devil know who he's dealing with and he's get who guess who it is? Your person again. Yes. You see? But you're never out of satsang. Satsang means to continually checking in when you speak, who are you representing your I as, you know? You say, now I went and I see this, and then I think that, yeah, this thing happening to me. And I say, who are you speaking with? Because your I has slipped. Your I has slipped back down into personhood again. Why are you so comfortable to speak about personhood? You see? So if you watch that, you'll be able to catch yourself. Uh, what a master is, is the one who catches you all each time and says, Why are you speaking like this? And you say, oh, sorry, like what? So again, like, like when you say, I, who are you referring to? Yes, yeah, my mind again. Then what makes you feel like you should sit here and talk to me about your mind? No, I'm just in your mind. You can only be with me when you are you. If you're going to come with your mind, then you burden me, and you burden everybody. When you speak, uh, you speak from your mind without the consciousness that you are yourself. Because yeah, the mind and the person is always needy, always, always have some time to waste, always talking about foolish things, or you know, excited for it. It's okay, it's fine. Because when we are used to that, it, there's a kind of fun because there's always love in life, and you know, you're with people that you love and you enjoy and so on. But at the stage where you're at now, where where you know you are sort of like, uh, you know, you're in your nine month of pregnancy, okay. You know, so you, you, whatever you're doing, everything is 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 for the birth. Right now, you can't be going out playing football. You can't be doing these things now. You know, now you are, even though your hands and body's moving, inwardly you're 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 you are just ready for the darshan of your own delivery. You see, so you your attention has to, has to changes. You know, and so things which are wasteful of your energy, you just discard them. There's some kind of earnestness and acuteness of attention that comes, and you know you start to behave that way, and people won't come and bring this kind of nonsense to you anymore because your energy, without even without your words, your energy tell them no, leave, leave, leave him alone. He's, he's not, he's not for you right now. We have to kind of start to develop more of this kind of sensitivity also. You know, once I tell you what happened. I had a dream one time, and the dream was that I was living in a place, and the beings were very evolved, and people didn't chat chat or socialize at all. They just worked, you know. And every now and again, when you know one felt illumined from the God self, they would just uh, they would they be ready to speak, and when they were ready to speak, everybody would leave their things and come and sit with them, and hear what they had to say, because everything they said was like spiritual nourishment for everyone. And when they were finished, we knew that they're finished, and everybody would go back to their thing. 
Another time, another one would be illumined, and they would they'd come up, and everybody would move and be with them, and we'd just be drinking and feeding from each other's presence like that. I had this dream; it was very beautiful. But while we still have the the identity of personhood in us, we have a lot of time to spend, you know, in wasteful things. You know, the more you are getting more absorbed in your true nature, you know, those things are not so. Enticing for you. It's almost as though the ego mind is trying to catch your attention to to burn some time, which which effectively means to be distracted from yourself. This morning on the way out, we were going out, and I met, um, and he came to me and he says, "Guruji, I'm leaving uh, tomorrow, but um, I've been wondering." Because I feel like I'm going home to spend two weeks with my family, and uh, like I feel like I'm going for for compassion reasons. But I'm not sure if it's true. Because they are not uh, particularly interested in that song or something like that. I don't know if he said those words exactly. And uh, if I'm going there to try and make them happy, they'll only be happy for a little bit and they're gone again. How many times? How many? He actually said, "How many families I've had throughout my lives that I've tried to be happy with, and it's all gone. I don't even remember who they are. How much times I tried to cheer someone up, but it's just disappeared in the wind. Every time, so of course this time, if I go there to just make them happy temporarily, it's also going to be gone. What is the virtue in that? You know. So I said to him, "Well, actually." It's okay. It's natural to want goodness for others, but it's better to wish for them whatever it is that will bring them to a higher state of consciousness spiritually, rather than feel good moments and you know have a nice time with your parents. You know, because some some nice times we have is just still for your ego. You know, but if you are praying for them, you're blessing them. When you're with them, you're not just there to, you know, do family things only, but you're there like as 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 a monk in your heart. You're still with them, but uh, your interactions with them is only for their spiritual upliftment. You know, you don't have to talk spiritual words, but because your presence is 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 pregnant with presence, you know, whether they are aware of it or not. Is going to somehow be affecting their environment and their lives. You don't have to be too concerned about that. You go with a natural feeling. You are going to see your parents, and you, if it feels natural, go and be with them, and you know, spend time, and and don't be thinking I'm doing them good. You know, just be yourself with them. You know, but I just loved that he could pick out and say, you know, I don't want to just go there. For like sentimental reasons, because how many times I've done that? You know, where is the fruit of that? You know, and I was saying to him that sometimes, you know, um, we love the people, but if you do too much for them, you're actually you're actually somehow blocking their opportunity to go ahead. Sometimes people have to feel the pain that their minds create. They have to mess up in order to have the aspiration to, you know, 
don't play God in it, but you God give you wisdom a little bit to to see when we overdo things. Sometimes we pamper each other, and it's nice for a little bit, but not all the time. Love has many hands, many ways of expressing itself, but don't just fall into the habit without the wisdom to tell you, look, you know, um, you know, something guides you that doesn't tell you beforehand. It just tells you in the moment. Even not, not, not even if something speak in the moment, it's not even a conversation. You understand? It's not tell you tell your parents this. It's not talking to you like you're harder. You you just feel to do that. And that's the most subtle language, you know? Is you just feel to do that. That that God is speaking. He's not using a you as a conduit. You are one with with your own heart, and so it it speaks, it moves directly and more spontaneously. You see, it's not arrogance and it's not blasphemy, because you're praying to be in harmony with God. Then you must be experiencing less and less division and separation from God. How do you know that? Because every time you go and search for yourself, you're finding less there. And at some point, you maybe become afraid, like, oh my God, if I, what if I? If if it's going at this rate, I mean, I mean, my God, it might just happen that one day I can't find me. Well, actually, where was the you of yesterday? Where is the you from last week? Where is it? It doesn't really exist. It's only in your mind. It's just your thoughts about you. Where actually, where at? What was that you? Where actually is the you of yesterday? The real you of yesterday is is the self that is here today also. He doesn't experience week and weekends. It's just a one continuous. Even to say the self is continuous is actually not complete. Because it didn't start to be continuing. It's always just here. It's the only thing here. Everything is traffic. So when we speak like that. I'm actually speaking two things. One is about the movement, and one is about the stillness. There's something that's not changing, and nobody gives it value, because once you pick up the ego, you're in the world of changes. And not only are you in the world of changes, you're trying to stabilize, or to make the things that you enjoy stop changing, and the things you don't enjoy to get move on. It is a very busy work, that one. And the fruits are very, very. You'll just be eating seeds, not fruit. So there is something in, in somehow giving attention to whatever pointing points you to that which is not in an evolutionary journey. When you know that, you know all journeys are dreamed. And it's fine, you know. It's not like you're oh, dismissing the world or cynical about. It. No, it makes it even more beautiful. Because who can see the world with clearer eyes than God, the one who creates it? <laughs> you know what I mean. The ego is always seeing a distorted picture, based upon its own selfishness and its own insecurities and fears and so on. You have to come to the place of zero. Stop. Not a stop moment, just a stop. 
when you know that which is stop, the stop that never was started, is just stop. Something sort of stop. The restlessness in you stopped. The anxiety stop. The identity crisis is stop. That energy stop. And you experience that stop. That's the most important thing. Then everything that moves is moving in front of that. It's not even called stop. In the beginning, because you are in an agitated movement, you experience the stop. But when you keep on somehow confirming that you are that which is not moving, at a certain point, the sense of stop goes. Because it never was running, so you don't have to say stop. You just you are here. This person feeling of uh, yeah, but my mind is saying this and so on. I said, like, I ask you, who is he speaking to? Your mind is saying, who is he speaking to? Is the one the mind is speaking to? Is this one even trustworthy? Is this one stable? The one of the mind is saying, look, you know, you're never going to do this. You know, you've wasted too much of your life drinking. And your your brain is all messed up. You're not going to get it this life. You can say whatever you want to say. Why? Because you identify with it. You identify with that voice. So it's going to hurt you. But if you go beyond this voice to see that this voice is also phenomenal, it's just that for a long time it has it has it had the the, the what you may say the the label of being the star of the movie. It's amazing because the 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 one who made the movie also directed it, and um, and watches it some more. Huh? And stars in it. And stars in it. And guess what happened now? From his point of view, actually, everything in the movie. Is important to the movie. The bad guy is very important because he gives contrast. If you had a movie, it's everybody's good guys. I don't think you're not going to be. You're not going to have a blockbuster anyway. You need the contrast, you know, the adventure of you know, of duality. And uh, but in this movie. Uh, the one acting has to see that he is acting. He can be a brilliant actor, but he sees his acting. This, this. Or the vital force is acting, something is acting. This is why I have been checking in with people all the time. I say, Are you following? Can you keep with this? The minute you can't, I, I leave it because I ain't got to waste the words. But yet I know that I could not speak unless there was a listener prepared, because my listening doesn't start from my mind and my person, my speaking. So if the speaking is going, is the universe is speaking in here, and it must be the universe that is listening so on some universal level, because this is not a person-to-person conversation. But when I check in and say, you know, I mean, can you relate? And people say, yes, we can. In that moment, they say, yes, they can. They heighten their receptiveness. 
we just bring this dimension in us as just you being here, just this just takes over everything. Although it's not yeah. it becomes understanding. It just after. opens up your being yes. in on a conscious level. It's like, you know, you take a full a full lung of breath, you everything becomes it's like you you you're functioning and all pistons are going, you know, you're not just running on, you know, on that little small something is able to to feel what what is what is consciousness, you know. I don't know. I, I think I only speak because there's people. <laughs> because I only think also I think because of because of, of, of interacting about consciousness. You have to see that consciousness is invisible to the human eye, to anybody's eye. It's invisible because um, it doesn't really have a form. If consciousness could take a form, what it would look like? Can you imagine? If consciousness took form, and the form looked like you, what do you think is you? <laughs> I mean, like you without you. So you without your story and whatever. You are the embodiment of the consciousness. I mean, not the embodiment of your mind. Well, you are the embodiment of the consciousness. And with the use of the mind, but you are not the embodiment of mind. Because what does human being look like? Mostly we look like the embodiment of our mind. We never thought about it. But you look like the embodiment of your thoughts. You know, you can see how we look at each other. And when you go to meet someone, you know, you don't which which is the part you look at. You look at their face, no? Because uh, that is their that's where that's the book. Hmm? Maybe body language a little bit and so on. But you look at their face or something. It's where that's the most communicative part, in fact, in some way. Hmm? But every part is communicative to someone who is more open. Hmm? And the face tells you a little bit of something, how much peace there is in you. Just like when somebody speaks with you, when you are listening to somebody speak, whatever they are telling you, you might think, well, most people think, well, they are speaking the truth, they are telling you the truth. But what are they actually telling you? They are only showing you and telling you what is in their mind. The words of a good person will uplift you. Inspire you. The words of a bad-minded person will depress you, make you feel heavy. The words and presence. The words of a, the words of a sage will help to free you. But we listen to people and think that the thing they say, what they're telling you about, is true. 
But it's not what they tell you about that's true. It's how they talk about the thing it tells you about them. If they are very whinging and criticizing. But that's not the truth about what they're telling you. They're, they're telling you this is the kind of person you're talking to. Should you believe them? Should you keep company with them? If they make you feel heavy and uh, you know just miserable and just feel like you want to commit suicide or something, or you know what's the point of life? You know, like they keep telling you how bad the world is and how things are just getting worse every day. That's what's in their mind. That's not what is. Nobody knows what is. You cannot know what is. You can only be what is. If you see someone generally who is suffering and so on, be sure their mind and their person has got something to do with it. Can there be anger without person? Yes, it can be you know, sort of like justifiable anger to do with seeing something being done that is hurting others and uh, and is not being addressed. Feeling angry about that I think is very justified. More than to feel nothing. Why do people who come into Sansang experience so much their mind? Because sometimes people on the street go, <laughs> people are always talk about them. But they are they're further ahead than you. Because you never think about your mind. You in fact you are you are your mind. You're living your mind. At least they are questioning their mind. And because they are questioning their mind, they are experiencing the backlash and the resistance that's coming. Why? Because the mind's game is up, he's exposed. He was playing as you for a long time, and you're catching him now. Yes, you know. Somehow you catch him, and then he's 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 turning against you in a way. And that's done. That's an advancement from just cooperating and just you know just being ignorant, just moving along like you are your mind. Then what's the stage on from exposing mind? And then it feels like well you know, but my mind seems stronger than me. Then is that true? Then I have to ask you, who do you take yourself to be? Then the mind is stronger than you. Mind cannot live without you. How can it be stronger than you? He feeds on your self-interest. He feeds on your, you know, identity. The more you are identified personally, that feeds the mind. He needs feeding. You can exist without this psychological mind, but it cannot exist without you. It also turns against itself, Babaji. So then we do some the spiritual like focus. They start to have problem with their own mind, but it's the mind itself then which turns against itself. Yes. So it survives in that way through resistance. And with some interest is just locked in this play of when we can see 
that all of that can be seen. But the anxiety is not in the seer. Then you're you're free from the from that play. Conversations of this nature should really uh, wash you empty, because somehow that which is not true, you know, is recognized as irrelevant. We're giving energy to something. You're giving energy to the untruth, and uh, making it appear with with a greater sense of reality than it is there. It lives off you. The psychological mind is a, is a parasite that lives off you. Who is a little bit uh, a disturbed state of consciousness, a confused kind of form of consciousness. I mean, consciousness is identified with a sense of a person, and and fluctuates in its expression. So that's why when you can begin to observe without self-interest, already you're cleaning the consciousness. Because the person can only survive being attached to consciousness. If he's not touched to consciousness, he, he can't survive. Who were you yesterday? I mean, without memory, even memory is not good enough to retrieve anything. Can you imagine without memory at all? You can't even understand the question. And yet we are living as though we are an, a historical being, you know, because of memory and the play of the intellect like that. But the world, I've been told. I remember kind of like growing up and with this feeling that you know, if somebody, you know, is well dressed, you know, it means that they're more intelligent or something, or you know, that they, you know, they've gotten somewhere in life, and you know. And that they they are more they are more wise than you, or you know stupid things. You know we 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 can't the nature of the mind is that you can believe the most stupid things, and really really are faithful to it. Because something say you know it's not stupid. God made it like that that you should believe stupid things for a while, until it gets exposed, and when it gets exposed. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we fight to 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 you know to defend our taboos. Something start just as a as a practical thing. It became sort of like a a tradition of a whole village, even. So, so do you find that it's not helpful? That it's. It's helpful to remember that old self, so you can compare where you are and see how pathetic that old self was. And at what point does do you stop remembering? At a certain point, it's very necessary for you to regularly keep forgetting your old self. Not not even as a practice; it just drops by itself. Mm. Just like yesterday. If you ask me to run through my day yesterday, I, I, it's a big strain for me, because nothing in, inside here feels that there's any value to that. To have to try and retrace what I was doing yesterday, for what reason? Mm. 
so the, 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 some people, however, have a strong feeling that they either they have a gift of memory or they have a, 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 a belief that it's very, very important to remember things because it might be useful in the future or something. And others feel that they remember things automatically because if then if it's needed, then you know God gives it to you to remember. But you cannot go from anything in the past and retrieve it and re-experiencing it as it is, as you you know. So it's seen in here that I mean. It is not the content of the present that is important for me. But it's a fact that I am always the presence in the present. It's not a. It's not the content of oh, I did this and then that did that and thing. That that type of way of um, being has become very very weak. I have an interest in that. I always feel that naturally, in some natural automatic way, the quintessential things that happen they they stay somewhere in the being. And the rest, largely, most of it is not particularly of of any value. The the value, if you want to use the word value, which is not true, the value is uh, that you're conscious of your consciousness. The the story around that, I, I I don't know where the value in that is much, unless you know some things like we are speaking about, you know that you have observed and yeah. There's something in that, just to make things clear. But the story, I don't know how much of that is. When I gave this title of the book, Writing on Water, it came from that. That at a certain point, when when I really, when I really believed in my life as a person, it, my history was very important. When I became aware of myself as consciousness, my history is not important. You see, when we have a strong idea of, of our history, of our sense of personhood, your history, your lineage, your family line, all these things are very, very important. When you came to consciousness, it's like it's nothing but important is consciousness. And of course these things might come up, you know, like, you know, but I don't have a veneration for them. I don't have a you know, wow, you know, this is, you know, my great aunt from so and so and she used to speak, you know, Cantonese and I don't have much of that inside. But I still have the ability to feel sentiment about something a bit you know, like if for instance uh the only the only object I can associate with my father, apart from a picture I have of his, is an old Chinese teapot that he had. It's the only sort of like physical link that I, I would say with my father, because I, I knew that when I was a child. Also, I know this this teapot is a big teapot, all kind of you know, it's a bit broken as well and repaired, and it's got one of these wire. Handles and you know all the Chinese paintings and stuff on it, and I I, I just gave it to my son. Say you know you you should have this. You know it's really you know something to come from your from your grandfather and all this thing. You know. <laughs> well, but it's not the one that. that uh, Is it here? Yeah? I look. 
Because I asked him for it. I said, you know, if you're not using this thing, will you bring it? I know. Okay. Yeah, that's all. That's that's all I I I have. If I even have it, I don't know. Yeah, but but I've I have a great love for my father. Where that come from? And and my mom, you know, the 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 love is what I have. It's not an object. I don't know what it is. No object is like. Maybe it is an object inside me. This could be my father's teapot. The only thing I have of my father. My father's great. I think you right. My gosh! <laughs> it is my dad's teapot. Look at that. Put the lid. See, see, I told you it was broken at the front there. Yeah? Yeah. Put the lid on it. My oh, God. Don't put it too big. Yeah. Oh, oh. that. I said that all I had, I grew up with oh, this. Oh, nice one, Daniki. Nice one. Look at that. Put it on there. Oh. <laughs> this is all I am.